like a normal one we haven't done yeah. that in a while just a, we'll, I'll play music in the start and we'll just do Welcome to College Optimistic are we recording right now? yeah perfect welcome back to Cautiously Optimistic I'm Sully Engels I'm Nick Osteler and I'm your boy Jesse Brummel I figured that's where you were going to no, come I back in I didn't know who was going to say someone else was going to take it and we're back for episode 15 of Cautiously Optimistic. It's glad to be back. How are you guys feeling this evening? It's always good to be back. You know, I feel we had a very productive week. You know, we had some some fun on social media for sure. Yeah, shout out to everybody who retweeted, liked the Ross Stripling video. Yeah, you know, and, and just the follower count getting up and, and getting people excited about Cautiously Optimistic. you got to be excited about that. Just like the NFL players got to be excited about being able to dance again in the end zone. Woo! Seeing all I these think... tweets of like these players that are already excited, oh. like retweeting and like tweeting <laughs> out videos of plays they got penalized on uh, for celebrating in the yeah. past. Uh, the fun is back. You know yeah, what I'm saying? and we had some great highlights all day. At least I saw them. Just like players, just kind of right in rough faces, just doing something with the ball, hitting a snow angel, and just all oh, man, flags flying. Just thoughts of Hingle McCrindleberry, you know. Three pumps is too many. Remember that case. Two pumps, you're okay. Three is one too far. That's how you get flagged. But no longer, really. We'll see. We'll see how the late plays uh, with Hingle like that. Um, Do you guys have any players specifically you're excited to see uh, with their celebrations coming back? I think I had a few I I thought about for the show. Well, I mean, Antonio Brown is going to be a good one. No twerking still, apparently. I've heard. That's disappointing. But, disappointing. Um, I feel like he'll be able to take advantage and, and do some fun yeah. things with it. Yeah, that's some fun. Uh, I know for me, obviously, getting Marshawn back in the league, a great time for him to get in the end mm-hmm. zone. And he will be a third down type back, I think, so he's going to get in there plenty. Um, Kelsey from the, uh, the Travis Chiefs. Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. He's yeah, always a dancer. He has, I think he has a good one. Uh, the, the, the Lions uh, tight end. Ebron. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ebron? Not Ebron. Uh, the white dude. I don't even know if he's on the lines anymore. For you. Yeah. He had some great celebrations. He had some great dancing. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. Yeah, I remember he had two back-to-back great ones. Cam Newton, obviously. Cam's Cam, well, Cam, I don't but, know if he'll, do, if he'll have great ones. He'll just, I mean, he'll hit the Superman. He has, the end, he has, he has freedom now. I think he, he's going to do a little, I'm expecting something from Cam. I'm excited for somebody who maybe we don't even know has celebrations in their, yeah. in their back pocket. That's, that's a, young, a younger player who hasn't who's been around cards. the league when this has been forced and hasn't really got to show his... Uh, you know, true celebrations, true emotions out there. I'm yeah. looking for somebody, uh, a wild card to somebody we don't really know yet. I mean, and a great young guy, Zeke Elliott. Zeke will be he was a good in one. The, he was, you know, I think second in running backs uh, in t- for touchdowns, second in scoring. At least. And he's, I mean, he's a celebrator too with the yeah, jumping. Yeah, I mean, the, he already, he already is getting his off in the end zone. He might yeah. well just take it to another level at this point. One to look for, one of the new guys that we, that you guys might not know. I, I would say Juju Smith. And I mean, he's a guy that I know. He's he's quite a personality. Yeah. I would expect some big things for his celebrations. No, no bias in your USC shirt. Not at all. But I mean, he's going to get in the end zone too. Believe we that. We saw him when he got drafted. His little celebration running into the ocean. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited for him too. That was that was cool to see. Uh, just f- for specifics on the on the rules, I guess they're saying it's okay to now use a uh, prop. The ball is a prop after yeah, TDs going to the ground. Snow angels are not allowed. I like how specific. No, no, they, are, are. they are allowed. You can do oh, snow so angels. Just, are, I just like how specific they, were, allowed, they say allowed. you are allowed to do. Like, why were a lot of people dying? They couldn't do snow angels before. Well, they've been flagged. It was one of those things that was specifically. Funny. It was like in the yeah. thing that you can't do I a mean, snow. There's angel. only like so many times that you get to do a snow angel. You know, a yeah. Thanksgiving games a year. Well, yeah. I mean, anybody who you plays know, in, I'm still, I'm sure, Pittsburgh's I'm a fan of a few of this. What is still banned are the prolonged acts. Whatever, how long is prolonged? We don't know. Miming weapons, offensive gestures, sexually suggestive stuff. We talked about, yeah. It's, yeah, twerking. It actually mentions twerking. 
Um, <laughs> Specifics. So, yeah, no, I'm excited. It's, it's about time that the NFL realized that this is an entertainment league, entertainment business, and I like it. I'm yeah, I mean, one of, the, one of the few good moves that Roger Goodell has made. It's one of the easy, or it's an easy win for the NFL, and they usually don't take these. Usually, for some reason, just do exactly what the folks don't want to do, what we don't want to see at home, what the players don't really want to have happen. So I was I was pretty happy. It's because it was yeah. just such an easy fix too. Like they yeah. shouldn't have been this strict in the first place. No. And then it just it took them way too long to realize like, hey, this probably isn't helping our brand. Let's just and let, also, the, let the you know, kids play. You know, they, they did suffer in their TV ratings last year. It was constant constant theme throughout the whole season that they were down. Yeah. So what's an easy way to get people back? You know, let yeah. the kids dance, man. Let exactly. the kids play. Let them play. We're excited. And it, another interesting thing they did is they lowered the overtime yeah. to ten minutes from fifteen, which Terrible. is going to result in more uh, ties. Yeah, and, and they called it a move for player safety, you know, less time on the field, in part at least. But uh, I don't understand, you know, why wouldn't you just, you know, I saw a tweet about this, why wouldn't you just fix the overtime system rather than trying to change it? This is what Obviously, wrote an article yeah, about Exactly, yeah. yeah. Just go to the college. Go to college. It's how, how hard is that, you know? It's a simple fix. Everyone wants it. Hopefully that's the next in line for the NFL. Well, it's another one of those things like why is it taking this long with the same thing with the celebrations yeah. like it, it was way overdue and I think they'll I mean, get there eventually Goodell's like a dad you know he's like five years behind everyone you know <laughs> he, just, he just had to check his email and realized he had a thousand complaints about the celebrations he's like well I guess we should do something about that but moving on to a, a sport that is still in season and the best part of the season uh, well soon to be I guess the the pinnacle of the playoffs a, a playoffs that we have really touted as a boring lackadaisical uh, in part, you know, for some teams. Um, but we are finally almost to the finals. We have had the Warriors wrap up their series against the Spurs uh, pretty simply, you know, 4-0, uh, taking care of business. Uh, surprisingly enough, we did get a Game 3 win out of the Celtics. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember on the last podcast, uh, I specifically said that they would win game three if they're going to win any game. I don't know if you guys remember. I do remember that, that. But I did you say that. You said they were going to win one of the home games. Yeah. And yeah. Well, the thing was that I thought I had forgotten at that moment, and I thought <laughs> that it would be Boston's home game. But nonetheless, I predicted game three as a win for the Celtics. Um, but then game four tonight, we had to see the Cavs uh, struggle a little bit in the first half, but then come out and finish them off in the second half, LeBron and Kyrie taking care of business. So you guys, uh, you know, initial thoughts. We'll start with the Cavs and uh, Celtics series. Yeah. So we all thought, as Jesse's called it on last week's podcast, Cavs in three. Yep. And it was looking that way, especially in game two when they went up by 41 at halftime, which this is, let's face it, yeah, you mentioned it, so this has been a pretty boring playoffs. And I was watching that first half on Friday night, uh, and it was just crazy to see a team dominate another team like that. One of the most entertaining moments of the playoffs for me personally so far was the J.R. Smith buzzer beater at the halftime buzzer to set the record for the largest playoff deficit. Marv Albert was even fooled by it. Uh, He... Kevin Love takes a shot with three seconds left. It rims out. Marv Albert says, and it looks like the Cavs will not set the NBA record. And then J.R. Smith comes in out of nowhere, does flings a shot over his shoulder, it switches through. Marv Albert goes crazy. J.R. Smith goes crazy. It's a 41-point lead. Yeah. They win by 44. At that point, I'm thinking, and Isaiah Thomas doesn't play after that, yeah. which um, they're calling it an injury. I saw somebody on Twitter wrote that the reason for it is... He just don't want to play anymore. Yeah, uh, the reason in parentheses was shook. And so that's why I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean it's it's that's tough for him. I mean he's dealt with so much in these playoffs so far, and then they had the last series go with seven games like that. I I can understand that. You know, you just gotta at a certain point realize what you're up against here. Yeah, uh, and, and Jr. A shoot your shot legend, and that just is yeah, another well, reason to prove that 
Um, but I think one of the things that these last two games has shown is, you know, while Isaiah Thomas is great, they aren't, I'm not going to say they're not as good, but matchup-wise, it's a lot tougher for them when he's in the game against certain teams, against teams with great point guards and against teams who are bigger. Because when he's in the game offensively, they just go to a pick and roll and let him cook against a power forward, which will work a lot of the time because he's really talented. But then defensively, there's a weakness on the court at all times. And I think you're kind of seeing that. I think the Celtics' defensive energy has been up since he's been gone um, because they haven't had to kind of adjust to him being on the court. And all these teams have been taking advantage of it in a half-court set, which is what the playoffs are. And they're just taking advantage of how small he is and that he can't play defense. Yeah, certainly. I mean, and that's, you know, been the burning question all week is is can they trade him now with this number one pick? And the, you know, I don't want to say the likelihood of them signing a big-time free agent, but they've had so many rumors just like swirling around the team. And even with the amount of assets they have within the draft they can make a trade um i don't know it's interesting because they certainly are a better <clears throat> defensive team and they're going to need that in the east um to stop a lebron at some point you know you need to have defenders that can match up with every single position it's not good enough to just have a couple of really good defenders when you have a weakness like that in isaiah it's tough to, to overcome and he's certainly a regular season hero you know he can change a game at any time and, and he can do it one game at a time in the playoffs but when you get to that seven game format you need to have consistency, and, and being hot one game doesn't doesn't really cut it unless you're really an elite player like Kobe or LeBron, and, and being you know five eight like he is. I hate to not, you know knock the size, but that just makes it hard on the defensive yeah. end. You just can't do that. Yeah, what I thought was crazy about this is how he has been such a you know heart and soul of that team for all all season, even in the playoffs too. And then uh, when they go up against a team of the defending champions like the Cavaliers, I think it just showed. Not only an indictment on Isaiah's defense, which has been poor all season, but just the way that the Cavs were able to exploit it in, in a way that the Wizards were not, which I guess goes to your point, Jesse, I'll give you credit, that Scott Brooks maybe was not as good a coach to exploit that. And you could just see they were just taking advantage. The Cavs were in this new series, the conference finals, they were just taking advantage of Isaiah. And, uh, yeah, when he's been out, it's actually shown that uh, they've been better with, with him out on, on the bench and the defensive energy's been up. Uh, Avery Bradley, game three hero, making that rattling around shot. And, well, I'd say Marcus Smart's the game three well, hero. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, to get them in that, in that situation to come back there. And Marcus Smart, seven threes. And but game, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. game four. Game four, I was I was surprised. I, 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 they were down in 16, the Cavs were, in the second yeah. quarter. And it looked like the Celtics might actually have a shot in the series. But again, the Cavs, I guess the talent just wins out in the end. They come back in the second half. They're, the Cavs were down at 10 at halftime. They come back and win to take a 3-1 series lead. I don't see them losing the series at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm just excited for uh, the finals where they're going to be facing the Warriors who swept the Spurs. Unless you guys have any other thoughts about Cavs, uh, Celtics, do you want to no, talk about I think the Warriors? The, I think we're pretty wrapped up on that. I mean, and going over the Warriors series, I think yeah, that was just... Well, that was really a definition of not fun to watch, you know. Like, I don't I really have an interest in that series... It was, you know, they have been, you know, calling about how efficient the Warriors were and, and how dominant they were. I was like, well, I don't know. When you're still your best player on the other team, it's at a certain point you just can't do anything about that. Like, maybe a game, you get one. I think that's what we saw from the Celtics. Took one game because, you know, they stepped up as a team. Even tonight, they played very well as a team, but still wasn't enough. And that's just what it was the whole series for the Spurs. Yeah, Kawhi is the, the thing that makes that team go, and that's not anything new. That's an obvious, you know, fact. But so when when he goes down, that's just I mean he's he's the heart and soul. He's the best player. He's the best defensive player on the team. Like he's the guy, and so you can't just take that off a team and then expect them to be able to hang with the best team in the West. You know what I'm saying? The the team with probably the most talent in the league. Um, 
it's tough. And I did, you know, he probably could have came back game three, honestly. And I think Pop played the, you know what, they got it this year. Yeah. Just be fine next year, <clears throat> you know. And that's the kind of guy Pop is. You know, he did that with Tim Duncan early in his career. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like they, they lost that series as well. So that's that's just who he is, and that's I think what happened there. the smart move. And obviously yeah. another big storyline in the Spurs getting swept and bowing out was Manny Ginobili potentially playing his last game in the NBA I believe he's 40 years old or some somewhere up there, and chances are, there's a, I mean, who knows? He hasn't announced it yet, but it may have been his last game. He may retire. Um, just thoughts on Manny's career, if that was it. Ginobili with my left hand up, like, whoo! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hate him. Hate him for my most of my life growing up, uh, being a Laker fan and all those battles with the Spurs. But you got to respect the kind of player he was. And, you know, he, he brought a move to the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, not many people can claim that. Yeah, that's true. You know, so what he's done for the NBA is impressive. Um, and, you know, seeing the love that Spurs fans and Shea Serrano have for that guy, you know, you kind of understand what he is to his team. Yeah, I think I think you, you start off just, just the, really the, the, the distaste he left in our mouths after so many playoff losses after, you know, we did beat the Spurs a good amount of times, but there were many games that he took over and he won for his team as well as, you know, Tony Parker and, and Tim Duncan. I think it's really, at this point in my life, you know, a lot of the players I grew up watching are now pretty much gone. I think uh, he was one of the last ones, as well as Kobe, as well as Garnett, the last couple of years. Paul Pierce this year. And you really just got, like, Vince and Dirk left, really. Yeah, that's, that's really that all I got. And it, it, to me, you know, especially, like, Paul Pierce and Manny Ginobili, I really hated them as a kid. I, mean, I honestly yeah. could say that. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they ruined so many games for me, ruined Lakers seasons. And, like, at this point, you know, uh, it's just kind of like, I miss watching that basketball and it's such a pure form like when you fall in love with the game to a certain point that I almost hate them less. I don't hate them, you know. I just yeah. respect them and I don't yeah. want them to leave, you know. Um, that's what I have to say about Manu. And it looked, you know, to me like when he was walking out of the tunnel, that's he it. really was taking a good look around. Like, you know, you could see it in his face. He was looking at the Even stands. when he was on the bench in so those I last mean, two minutes. just like uh, he knew it was time and he wanted to soak that in one last time. Uh, but, you know, shout out Manu, man. And, yeah, and Paul Pierce for that too. Yeah, shout out Manu. Uh, I remember just quickly the thought on Manu. Just uh, in the 2013 finals, that was kind of when he looked terrible in that series, and people were mm-hmm. questioning if he was going to come back at that point. And he played in what another four more years, <laughs> yeah. and he was still one of the. He was still getting buckets out there in the series, yeah. and still doing things for the Spurs. Um, as far as far as his legacy, just from the time I've been watching basketball, he's kind of defined what a six man is in the NBA yeah. for me. And um, so he, he, I mean, Spurs all the way for him been on winning teams every single season he's been on the Spurs and that's just kind of and he's a big reason why that the Spurs are what they are so um, give a salute to Manu um, great player great one of the best left-handed players in the NBA yeah. and uh, if that's it you know a great career for Manu yeah and also shout out I guess to Pop as well you know for yeah. you know, a lot of people knock the rest but at the same time that there's a reason he played that long and that's because Pop's been doing this for years it wasn't like he, he you know thought of this overnight um, I'm gonna pause it for a yeah. second all right, whenever you're ready. And now we're going to talk a little Dodger baseball as well as maybe a few quick points around the league. Uh, Dodgers uh, playing right now uh, against the Cardinals. Christian on the mound, up 1-0. Uh, but going to this game, they're 26-19, two and a half games back of first place, but have won four or five. Um, so things are looking up in... Uh, Chavez Ravine, as they have been for the last couple weeks, you know, playing a good brand of baseball. It's just really the teams ahead of them have been playing great, too. You know, it's not really a knock on the Dodgers at this point. I think it's more so that 
maybe the Rockies are they're getting to that point in the season where it's really kind of make or break as far as like if you're going to be able to have some longevity getting towards September. And if you can set yourself up at this point in the season, as long as you play 500 ball the rest of the way, you usually can sneak into a playoff spot. Um, for the Dodgers, obviously still missing Justin Turner. Um, going to miss him for a couple more days. But we did get Logan Forsythe back tonight, who I was fortunate enough to see uh, at Rancho Cucamonga a couple nights ago. And he didn't look great with the stick. Looked good on defense, so we'll see going forward. You guys got any quick thoughts on the Dodgers? Yeah, I mean, always nice to have Logan Forsythe back. The timing is pretty good considering Justin Turner is going to miss a few weeks here with the hamstring. Tough to see a big bat in the middle of the order go down like that. Um, but again, the Dodgers have planned for this with um, very elite depth in terms of other teams in the major leagues. So Forsyth slots nicely in the third. Good versatility there. He can play second and third. And you know, you saw him uh, slowly over in Rancho. Mm-hmm. He had missed 30 games, so he's still getting his time back. I'm not too worried about him. He's a veteran player who, who will get it back. Um, in terms of the overall team, you know, they're 26-19, and 19, as you said. Uh, you know, four out of five, three out of four against the Marlins. Got a little, uh, a little action with uh, Giancarlo Stanton and Ross Stripling, as you may have seen on our Twitter. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it was pretty much everywhere on Twitter. I think it was the most retweeted tweet of all time. I think it just beat Carter's Nuggets uh, yeah, it was yeah. close. tweet, so you probably saw it. Yeah, so go back and check not that out. Not a big deal. Yeah. yeah, not a big deal. Friday night, go ahead and check that. If you want to like it, it might be our 110th like or something, but we're not, not <laughs> we're talking about that. We're not even counting. We're not even counting. We're not even counting. It's at a good amount right now. Um, one concern I do have about the Dodgers is Julio Urias has had two uh, back-to-back struggling starts there, sent back down AAA. I don't know if he's getting a little tired or what it is, but I'm sure he'll be back not in not too long. Jesse, do you have any thoughts on just the Dodgers or Urias or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the depth, and I think guys like Chris Taylor kind of are not to that, you know, where guys like Justin Turner go down or Forsyth has been down, so we're able to bring in plug guys in like that and just stay hot. Like, those guys are just... I mean, Chris Taylor's raking right now, so yeah. it's good to see the depth kind of provide for us, and uh, I guess like Jock Peterson are kind of being more a little more consistent yeah, than they have been in the too. past. Hit another uh, bomb. Yeah, so it's nice to see. I mean, we got guys that can plug in anywhere. Uh, hopefully that shouldn't... We don't want that to be a, a trend to have to keep plugging them in because that means yeah. more injuries, but... Uh, it's it's a nice luxury to be able to have those guys, and uh, I'm a little more comfortable now than I was early in the season when we were like seven and eight, and I was very yeah. and I was worried on the podcast. But. Yeah, they certainly you know got themselves well above five hundred. Yeah, a couple of the quick notes. You know, I think they get to the point where maybe you know I think Nick you talk about Urias, you can't rely on a young kid that much. You know, he either's going to have a great year and you can ride him for a little bit, but eventually they're all going to struggle. Um, and he's so young. You know, you gotta you gotta let him develop. I think you know he's just got to work on his command a little bit. He's got four pitches that can throw extremely well, but there are just nights when he doesn't have all of them, and, and I think he's just not confident enough as a pitcher yet to go out there at the major league level and maybe only have two of his pitches that night and still be able to dominate a game because he's certainly capable of doing that. Just hasn't exactly shown that. And, and Jesse, you knocked it on Chris Taylor too, man. That guy's been a gift for us, as well as uh, Alex Wood, you know, yeah. two guys we got in trades really for nothing at this point who have just you know been two of our best players throughout this whole season. Um, so we're lucky to see that. And one kind of, uh, I guess, weirder note for the Dodgers. I don't know if you guys saw this this week. But I guess uh, utility outfielder Brett Eibner has been throwing bullpens at both Oklahoma City and Dodger Stadium. And the Dodgers may use him as a relief pitcher at wow. some point. He's uh, clocked his fastball at 95 miles an hour when he's in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've seen him throw. They said he's certainly got the arm strength. He's just kind of got to work on the fine tuning, the mechanics. Not an easy thing to do, but to have a player... Um, as they are doing in uh, San Diego, they have a player who plays center field. He plays a utility player, and he's also one of the relief pitchers. 
uh, a guy who can fill that's one roster spot with two things would be pretty sick. I think. Yeah, it's like what like NFL players have been doing like recently with their like Ty Montgomery. Yeah, like exactly. A true wide receiver and running back at the same time. Kind of. Yeah, thing. and you got players who can do that. Like you know, the first pick in this year's MLB draft is going to be this kid Hunter Green, who's actually from Southern California, and he throws 100 miles an hour, and he may be the rawest hitting prospect in the entire draft. So a team's going to come to a point where they have to choose. It's probably going to be a pitcher, obviously a right hander that can throw 100 miles an hour. You don't pass up on. But down the line, who say he couldn't hit? You know, he's certainly going to be a good hitting pitcher if he makes it to the major leagues. And he has a chance to pinch hit, or he has a chance to be kind of like, you know, he could play in the field once every five days. Why not? You know, yeah. with Babe Ruth. Um, it would be interesting. I, I think in baseball should embrace that. It would be yeah, a really cool thing. There are certainly players that can play both sides of the ball, and there are positions in the field that you can, you know, save your arms to a certain degree and still be able to pitch at a certain amount of time later. Yeah, I know there's a similar situation with the Tigers. Anthony Ghost, I don't know if yeah. you heard. He's throwing, they said he's throwing 99. He used to be an outfielder. Yeah, it's Couldn't crazy. really hit. He's throwing 99. Now he might be in their bullpen this season. Um, also, a quick note relating to last week's podcast about our conversation about the Rockies and the Twins. Yeah. Coincidentally, the Rockies and Twins did play an interleague series last week, and uh, the, the Rockies won 2 out of 3. So Yeah, that's why I brought it up. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. The Rock- <laughs> No, so oh, I think it was like we had just talked about. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All I want to say is it's tough. Uh, you know, you got to tell your parents if their if their team wants to you know be that team that's going to win out Central, they need to help out the NL West and beat those I Rockies know, to know. get the Dodgers I, in the first place. And I'm actually going to be going to a Twins game in June, which will be cool to see them live. But yeah, I don't get why they didn't help us out. You know, they're a young team; they're still trying to figure it out. Colorado has a little more veteran experienced. So they, you know, although I did pick the Twins too. Uh, be the surprise team to continue to win. Um, the Rockies certainly are proven to us that they're a pretty solid ball club. And I will admit, I was wrong. Uh, Jose Barrios had a great performance against he's, the Rockies. Dude, he's uh, nasty. I think it was guy. eight innings, 11 strikeouts. I could be wrong on the exact he, numbers, but it was a dominant start. And he, I, yeah. I was hating on him last week in the podcast, so I apologize. He, he's also, he, may, a, he may have a, listened to the podcast. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's, he's a big podcast guy, you know, despite the fact that he speaks very little English. I'm sure we have someone translating somewhere. Or this is how he's learning English. Uh, this would be a, a great Chris place, situation. A great, a great place for him to learn. Kristoff got world star. Jose Barrios can have cautiously optimistic. And we really approve of that. So that's my wrap up baseball. Uh, we'll get a little bit more of that next week. And, and to parlay off of baseball, we have a new segment for you fans. Uh, you've been dying. You know, we've, we've had the really a lot of breakdown in sports, a lot of uh, analyzing what's been going on. And, and we want to get into something to show a little bit more of our sports knowledge, you know, what we enjoy, the lighter side of the game. So we have a game called, really just, it, it's a player word association game. Um, we're going to pick different sports every week. This week we're going to start it off with the MLB, and, and I will say a player's name, and Jesse and Nick will give me their initial reaction based on their player, you know, what they thought of them throughout the past. Um, these aren't going to be all current players, they're going to be this week, I'm with a couple local guys. There's one in there that Jesse specifically I, I had to select out for him. You can look up his name if you don't know him. But and these are, me and there. Nick have never seen yeah, his name. Yeah, have not seen the list. Yeah. So and that's it, the way it's going to continue to be. One of us will host the, yeah. the game, and the other two will say names, and the other two will never see the names until they are yeah. said on here. It's okay. MLB Player Association. One name, one word response. Here we go. First player. Uh, we'll start with Jesse's initial response on this one. Mark Gridzalonic. <laughs> uh, old. Uh, he was always like, to me, growing up, like he just was always old to me. I don't know, what, like whether he was young, I don't know what, like no matter what age he was. Yeah. He's already, when I saw him, I was like, old man. you're old. Like you just play old. <laughs> like you weren't, he just I'll played old it. to me. Yeah. I'll so I'm going to go Initial old. response, Mark Gridzalonic. 
first word that comes to mind is tunnel, and let me explain why. <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah, I was, when I was probably 10 years old, it must have been one of those early 2000s years, 2001, 02, or 03, whenever Marcus Lanc was you know, in, the, in the peak of his yeah. Dodger powers, I went to a Dodgers-Angels game. I, I can remember this like it was yesterday. Uh, wow. it, was, it was a day game, and family and I decided to head out early. Uh, I don't know. I was, I was young. I didn't mind. It was a hot day. We're going down, as, and many of you guys know who live in Los Angeles, as we all do, there's the, the 110 tunnels, tunnels yeah. uh, okay. next to Dodger Stadium. And it the was Hold the Your Breath Tunnels. It was the Hold Your Breath Tunnels, and it was the ninth inning, and I think we had Ross Porter on the radio, and uh, Dodgers had a chance to win this. It was the bottom of the ninth. On the radio we hear, and the pitch to Grizzlonic. We go into the tunnel, static, don't hear anything. <laughs> we pop out, and the Dodgers win. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll always remember that. Uh, Mark Grizzlonic got an RBI hit that I'll never know exactly what happened because I never heard it. We were in the tunnel. And that's my initial reaction for Marcus wow. Alonic. That's some good recollection right there. And before we move on to the next player, uh, that memory brings up something that I want the people to know about Nick, which yeah. is that his memory used to be the most absurd thing in the world. There was a point, and yeah. I don't think you can do it anymore, there was a point where I could literally tell him a date in yeah. the MLB season, and he could tell me what the Dodgers' score was and who they played <laughs> that day. It was Damn, incredible. That's insane. It was incredible. Yeah, I, like I don't really know how I did that, but I do remember having some... And it was like, it wasn't like he would just like say it and I would be like, dang, that's crazy. Like, I would literally just go and check yeah. it. I'd go on the internet because I didn't yeah. have a phone with internet at that point. No. And I would check it and you'd be right. Yeah, you were rocking the Razor back then. That's crazy. Man. Yeah. The Razor uh, days, shut up. Razor, Razor days. <laughs> Next player, uh, Hall of Famer, Randy Johnson. Nick, ugly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just looked like a you know ugly dude out there on the mound. Uh, scary dude to face. Lefty coming sidearm at you. Lots of pock marks. Long hair. Greasy hair. Playing on the Diamondbacks. I don't know. I just I was I was always scared of him. Like right. dude, that guy's ugly. Okay. I know that's all. I'm sorry, Randy, if you're listening. But, yeah. uh, Very nice guy. So I, I had I'm gonna cheat here. I had two that literally immediately popped yeah. into my mind. And the first one, Bird. Yeah, that's Because mine. of that the famous one where, he, where he hits the bird on the fastball and blows up the bird. Yeah. The second is a, a lesser known one, and I'm going to say the word is fine. Because his daughter is very, very attractive. <laughs> she went to USC. Uh, gorgeous person. So, oh, shout out to you, Randy. That's hilarious. Well, those are good ones. Yeah, Bird would probably be my one, too, for that if I was going to do it. That's what I thought of. Um, third, MLB Player Association. Word association. Elijah Dukes. Jesse. Trash. <laughs> Garbaggio. Elijah Dukes, for those of you who don't know, was, so my favorite player is Lassings Millage, as we talked about on the podcast before. Um, when We've never talked about the podcast. podcast oh, that's right. That was, just, that was just a, a discussion. But go on. Big Lassings Millage fan. Lassings Millage is the best player in the history of the MLB uh, and baseball in general. Um, when he was playing for the Nationals, Elijah Dukes was in one spot in front of him on the depth chart, uh, and we went, Sully was there with me. We, I, I don't know if you, I don't think you read that game, uh, Nick. We went to a Dodger game, Dodgers-Nationals. I was wearing my Dodgers jersey and then my Lastings Millage jersey under it, um, and then Lastings didn't play, and so the whole game we were trashing Elijah Dukes yeah. from, from left field. Um, it's funny because he has a whole section on his Wikipedia of off-the-field issues. Yeah. Um, so we had a field play, day, yeah. Yeah. no pun intended. Um <laughs> And we really went in on him, and then he, he turned around at one point and jawed back, which I was very proud of. Uh, so, Elijah Dukes, if you're listening, I still don't like you. All right. 
Good. Glad you did. Not a fan of the podcast, probably. But probably not. Nick initial reaction. Yeah, I mean Jesse pretty much summed it up. My initial reaction was going to just going to be Jesse's favorite, <laughs> yes. but as we as we just heard, we know why it's Jesse's favorite. I guess the other word would describe as a bust. You know, he was a top prospect, talented player, but as we mentioned, a lot of off field issues. So one of the bigger busts in Rays history, who I guess have had a lot of busts over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah, tough situation for that guy. Just never really got his mind right, and uh, he he had some good power though, uh, but. Whatever's forevers. Yeah. Fourth MLB Player Association. Another hometown kid for us when we were growing up. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you this time. Caesar is tourist. Caesar is tourist. Caesar! Oh wow! Oh wow! Yes, the little shortstop Caesar is tourist. I guess the word that I would describe is tourist. I don't know, just number three, shortstop, in my, in my prime, in, in, my, in my prime, uh, terrible. I, don't, I, I don't really have any uh, word association besides, like, little shortstop, I mean, I don't know, he was a shortstop that was, in my formative years as a Dodger fan, he was the guy, he was a shortstop with Alex Cora, a great double play duo, yeah. um, nothing, that was one of the best double play combos I ever saw growing up, and uh, I remember... I guess there's one little story I had. Uh, I was at a game the day before he was traded away for Greg Maddox, and he was a pinch hitter. And former uh, Dodger Talk host, and still on the airwaves, probably a friend of the podcast if you ever want to come on, A. Martinez, uh, was standing next to us, standing next to me in the concourse and uh, trying to talk to him, a little talk shop, you know, a little Dodger fan trying to talk with the reporter. Yeah. And I said, Cesar Torres is back today, huh? And he's like, yeah, he's, he's back. Yeah, he looks like they're going to want to keep him at shortstop. And... Uh, Next day to trade him. I don't know if A. Martinez knew or not, but uh, it was tough to kind of have the hope yanked out from yeah. under us. Uh, that's all I got for Cesar Torres. My word would be love. Yeah. Just because, like you said, formative years being a Dodger fan, he was the guy. Uh, I always had this love for him. He was a Dodger to me. Like he yeah. was. He was a great. He was a, in the flesh. Like he was just like the. Like he was, he was a Dodger. He's what you look at. You're like, boom. That's my shortstop. That's my guy. So I'd say love. Yeah, that was the initial Dodger teams that I really can start to like remember well. That and Nick, you mentioned it too. The Alex Cora connection was the middle. Mm-hmm. I had to really choose between him and Alex Cora. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to go with both, but I figured I'd get one for the initial one. Um, another one on here, I know Jesse will enjoy. Um, <clears throat> fifth player association here for the MLB. Uh, Jess, we'll start with you. Uh, Shane Victorino. I'm going to take some time to really just get the Let's right go to word. Nick. Let's go to Nick then first. Let's go to Nick then first. <sighs> Annoyance. Annoyance. He was the guy on the Phillies in 2008 and 2009. Those were the two years that the Dodgers would have been in the World Series if it wasn't for the damn Phillies. And Shane Victorino was a Dodger killer in those years. Um, we remember the brawl in 08. Hiroki Kuroda threw at him at his head. Uh, Victorino wanted him to throw at his waist. There's a brawl, and obviously that was a tough series for me emotionally as the 15-year-old Dodger fan in me, or 16, however old I was, and had to watch you know, Shane Victorino just kill the Dodgers and then capitalize by the Matt Stairs home run that we all yeah. remember. Um, of course, he came to the Dodgers later in his career. Wasn't anything special at, at that point in his career. Again, though, gives, uh, makes the Dodger fans hate him again. After he leaves the Dodgers, goes to the Red Sox, helps him win a World Series. I don't know. Never really was a fan. Tried to embrace him when he was on the Dodgers. It was just too hard to do. Annoying guy. Um, never really liked the Flying Hawaiian. Jesse, you probably don't like him either. Yeah, good nickname call, by the way. Flying Hawaiian for Shane Victorino. Jess, one word. 
You let it brew for a second. Let it I, I, I literally, I've been thinking, and I couldn't find a, a one word that... You can go with, like, a hyphenated type. Um, that really describes it, and it's... I mean, he's just, like... Human garbage. <laughs> uh, probably my least favorite player in the history of the MLB. Um, annoying as hell. Uh, then he came to the Dodgers, and I remember I was at the first or second game of the season uh, in left field when he was on the Dodgers, and I tried. I'm not going to say I didn't. I tried for a game or two, and I couldn't. I see his face. And something, like, burns in my heart, and, like, I just can't function without being eternally angry. So, um, terrible. He's, yeah. he's the worst. All right. Well, you know, that's going to wrap up the uh, Player Word Association for the week. Yeah, that was some, some serious serious action right there, folks. Hot takes, one word, you know, one player. That's how it goes. We'll be back with more. One of these two goons will host it next week. Um, go ahead. You just go <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Are you? Why don't you enter this one? And I'll read the first question. Right. Do we want to do a? It's now time for another new segment. Boom. <laughs> and now it's time for another new segment of the show, the mailbag. We asked you guys on Twitter this week to send us questions about anything sports related, non sports related, any questions that you felt needed to be ha- needed to be answered, and we will do our best to answer those questions. Thanks to you fans out there on Twitter, we actually have quite a few. Uh, questions in our mailbag this week. So I guess we'll get right into it, guys. Uh, King Denali, Adam. Adam Denali, shout Adam out. Denali, Adam. Uh, Denali. Who actually uh, hit us with a lot of questions, so we appreciate you for that. Uh, we'll start with one of his first questions, and he wants to know uh, our thoughts on the Lakers and if they should trade D'Angelo Russell and a second round pick for Jimmy Butler. I believe it's the second overall pick, not the second round. Yeah. Yes, yeah, second overall pick. So the number two pick and D'Angelo Russell for a superstar like Jimmy Butler. Uh, if that is an option, yes. I, I don't know. I don't know how you, we can give up all. Like, I think you need to keep one of those two as a, a future point guard. You can't give away both. You know, you're either going to take, let's say it's Lonzo, whoever those first three you take, or you have D'Angelo. I, I mean, I love Jimmy, but you can wait a year and get Paul George. That's true. And you can keep one of the two point guards. I wouldn't mind a trade involving one of those two things, but I don't know if that's the right one. I get I get what you're saying with the, and that does leave us without a point guard yeah, and yeah. not getting a point guard in return. Exactly. So I get that, but I mean I'm I'm more than open to trading both of those guys for for a superstar like that. We talked about this briefly on the last podcast, I believe it was the last one, and I'm s- saying the same thing that I said last week. I don't want the Lakers to trade D'Angelo. I don't want them to trade their pick. As I said, keep the rebuilding process going. If they want to trade for Jimmy Butler, I just don't think it'll do enough for them in the long run. Uh, keep keep the slow path going. Uh, wait till the Warriors are not as good when our young guys are better. That's my opinion last week, and that's my opinion now. There we go. We'll, we'll move on to the second question here, and this is from my guy Will uh, Wilson underscore fourteen on Twitter. Shout out Will, what's up? And shout out Will. You know, graduated from college uh, now two days ago. Uh, big graduate from Chico. Hey, State. congratulations, Will. Yeah, we got shout out. Congrats. Him. He wants to know. Um, fuck Mary Kill. Pizza, alcohol, or Netflix? Wow. Um, I can take this one. I know for me, uh, I wrote this down here. I'm fucking alcohol. Obviously, the wildest time. Marrying pizza, hearty. You know, something you want to take home. You can, you know, last a lifetime with that. And I'm killing Netflix. I'm not the biggest Netflix guy. I can survive without it. If I got my phone, I'd probably be chill with Twitter. All right, fair enough. Uh, I agree with you on the alcohol. Wild times, good times. We're fucking that. <laughs> and, 
Um, but I'm going to switch it up with you. I'm actually going to kill off pizza. As much as I love pizza, wow. not necessary for me. Not necessary. Whereas Netflix, I feel, is that kind of relaxing, chill thing that is always going to have new content coming out for you. It's always going to be there on your computer when you want to come down, come, uh, you know, come home after a long day of work, pop up on the, pop up on the Netflix. She'll always be there for you. And uh, I'm going to marry that Netflix, and that's, that's my opinion on that. You know, so I think we're all, we're all in agreement here in that alcohol is, is a must-fuck here. I mean, yeah. you can't marry it. No, you can't, that's, that's just like, whoa, that that's alcoholism, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. just what that is. Um, and then I'm, I'm, it's a toss-up. This is a great question because this Netflix pizza, and I, I'm probably going to go, I'm probably going to marry pizza. You know, I love Netflix, but uh, there's also those times where it's like, if there's nothing new on it, you get bored. I've, I've literally scrolled through Netflix for a good 20, 30 minutes trying to find something and then didn't find anything and then I just went back to watching SportsCenter. So I think I could I think I could go without Netflix. I'm going to kill Netflix here. There you go. And, and I don't know. I mean, it, it, that's a real good question. You know, it's, yeah, hard it's a great Any one. way you look at it, it's shout out one. Will. That's a real good one. Jess, what's the next one we got here? So shout out to Adam again. Yeah. Uh, another one of his questions here. Uh, and one that I enjoy personally because this is one of my favorite players in the league is John Wall an underrated or overrated player? Um, and I guess I'll start us off. Yeah, go for it. Uh, and I'm going to say underrated, of course, because that's my guy. And there's no way I'm going to say he's overrated. Yeah. Um, and he's a top three point guard in the league, probably. Um, so it's like, and you're gonna you're gonna come in here like no, he, I, doesn't, he doesn't get that respect. No, I know. So that's why I'm gonna give him underrated. I'm gonna put it. I mean, him, Kyrie, and Russ. I will agree with you. As a as a true point guard, he actually might be top three. We can talk about Russ. We can talk about Steph. Um, you know, they they do play the point guard position. Russ, I would say, is just more of a combo guard. He just he's his yeah, own, he could be a two. He, he's his own player, right, basically. John Wall. Yeah, John, John Wall. Wall. Yes, I just wanted to set the standard there. I think he is also underrated because I do think he is uh, one of the better players, one of the better point guards in the league. If you look at his career numbers here, he just had his best season as a, as a pro, 23 points per game, uh, 10.7 assists. He's almost up to 11 assists per game. He's actually averaged over 10 assists for the last three seasons. Um, and Get him. Yeah. So, I mean, he's still getting better. Still getting better. He's also a great uh, defensive player in terms of steals. He averaged a full two steals per game last year up in the top ranks there. Uh, of course, his energy kind of got the best. Uh, his I guess he's he runs fast. He does a lot of things. Always high energy. He kind of ran out of gas here in the in the second round against the uh, Celtics, which shout came out back Scott to, Brooks for not knowing not knowing right how to use right. Him. So yeah. we, we all we all talked about that. You know how we feel, but uh, no, he's a great player. I'll, he's definitely underrated. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can say he's overrated. You know, he just doesn't get the respect he deserves. I always forget every postseason too how how big of a human being he is. I mean, yeah. you're just watching him play every time you forget how big he is. Because no one can guard that dude as far as a traditional point guard. you got to match up with a different size guard, and, and with Beal on that team, it's such a mismatch. Uh, you know, going back to like Bradley Beal's comments, and, you know, they didn't, the Cavs don't want to see the Wizards. They didn't. And it's not because of Bradley Beal. It's because of John Wall. You know? yeah. And that's just a fact right there. So, yeah, I don't know how you could, anyone could say that he's overrated. So, obviously, underrated and continues to be underrated, which is a crazy thing. Okay. We got a, another excellent question here from Baseball Frank. Sully, uh, you're friends with Baseball Frank. Yeah, my man Frank. You know, we play baseball. He like together. Big baseball guy. Big time Dodger fan. So you and Baseball Frank played baseball together. Shockingly enough, you know. Crazy. He, he, he's quite a fan. Shout well, out to Baseball I'm, Frank. I'm quite a fan of Baseball Frank because of this question here. Yeah. So Frank. his question is, would you rather run your hand through Peja Stoyakovich's chest hair 
or shake Madison Bumgarner's hand after a snot rocket? Gentlemen? <laughs> this is a great question yeah. because, uh, at least for, for us specifically as LA guys, I don't like Peja or Matt. No, 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 and that's why so, you know Frank is very in tune with LA sports. Yeah, it's it's not like it's like a, a random player and Mad Bum or Mad Bum or Peja and a random player. Uh, neither of these guys are people that I enjoyed. Um, but for me, I'm gonna go run my hand through Peja Stiakovich's chest hair simply because I think the hate for him has died. Obviously, we haven't mentioned Peja Stiakovich in probably seven years, so. Uh, I think I would rather do that at this point because Mad Bum is still someone that I very much dislike. Yeah, for me, uh, and, and, and really, I wouldn't have snot yeah, on the my defining hand. the defining moment here is that you know if he had gone Peja post game running my hand through the chair, mm, could have been that changes everything for me. I think because then I think sweating. I'm sweating. Like, oh man, because it, I snot, especially someone else's snot, the Terrible. disgusting, disgusting thought. Let alone Mad Bum's snot, <laughs> which is just a whole other level for yeah. us. So yeah, I gotta go, Peja. You know, I'm assuming that's gonna be some pretty thick shit right there. So uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna go for it, I guess. He probably shampoos it though, so it's probably pretty smooth. I would hope he He's takes it. I, you, I you would hope he manscapes. You said yeah. just, I, you, that's what I was gonna say. You said thick. I was gonna say smooth, just like his J. So oh despite, oh, wow. despite okay. NorCal guy, he the, loves. look at this. Despite Peja being on the Sacramento Kings in the Shaq Kobe heyday and being a true rival of the Lakers when he was a young guy, and then coming back almost 10 years later, to knock the 2011 Lakers out of the playoffs, sweep them out as a veteran on the Mavericks, hit a ton of threes in Game 4. He's just been killing, killing the Lakers uh, for, for decades um, in our formative years again. But, you know, snot's gross. Peja has a smooth jumper, probably a smooth chest hair. It probably feels good, you know? I'll, I'll run my hand through his hair. This not, not ashamed to say it. Not this, ashamed to this say just it. This goes in. Nick uh, also thinks Peja Stiakovich is the greatest player of the 2000s, probably. He's up there for Nick. Because he loves NorCal sports so much. Yeah. And don't worry, everybody. We will get into another Draymond <laughs> argument shortly. Not on this yeah. podcast, it's but coming, soon. It's coming soon. Yeah, teaser for that. Yeah, shout out, Frank, man. Thanks for the question. Thanks for supporting the podcast. We'll expect more from the future as well. Uh, next one. Uh, Dela Jonathan. John Woo. Uh, who, you know, I guess, you know, he's been, he's been trying to throw some shade at, at Jess and I. But we'll handle this question either. Again, way. we'll have this Draymond we respect, argument sometime and else. We respect that. We respect the listening, and we respect the replies and the arguments. We love that. He wants to know, who are your five top five favorite rappers? Uh, I don't know if that's all time or right now, so I'm going to approach this right now. I believe right the now. tweet said right now. Did it say right now? I believe. I could be wrong. I mean, whoever we'll, 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 we'll double Because that does change things. <laughs> whoever yeah, it. We'll go for right now. No, for it's me. just current, current top five. Yeah, current, yeah so current, current top five. Yeah, so my favorite right now, probably the five guys I listen to the most right now, and this is just right now, it's tough, just for hip-hop rap department. Kendrick, obviously, on replay at all times. Uh, a lot of Lil Uzi right now for me. I don't know why I have some kind of strange addiction. All my friends are dead. Oh, they're all dead. I mean, push me to the edge, bro. It's you know? just, it is what it is. <laughs> um, Cousin Stiz, a big favorite for me. A lot, of people, a lot of people sleep on him. I was on him before Shay too, though, actually. Oh. I've known about him for a while. Um, my buddy Ruben put me on to him when Rubes? we were like, he just got up to Chico. Uh, we always did to bump Stiz, but he, he's doing his thing. He just put a new single, too. Um, Joey Badass, I listen to a lot. I love the flow, love the beat selection. Um, and for me, just the personal, you know, Future Man, Hendrix. It's hard to get away from it. I love I love Future Man. And those are probably my top five right now. Who am listening to the most? So my top five, I had to write this down. It's a tough question for right now. Like, yeah, I, right I now like, and that's just right now, because I love Chance. I got tons yeah. of Chance in there, but I haven't listened to him as much. My all-time now. favorite, I think, is probably easier than my favorite right now. But, so I'll go with this. Obviously, Kendrick. Um, and this is in no particular order. Uh, Kendrick, uh, Kanye is just, he's oh, a, always has a spot there, even if he hasn't come out with the album in seven years. 
he'll always have a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Chance, I'm still listening. Like Coloring Book has yeah. been coming on my uh, shuffle a lot. It's a good time to repeat it. So yeah. it's just like it's nice. It's always in there. Uh, Drake, I'm you know I'm listening to it heavy. I mean, More Life is still nice. Portland, uh, Ice Melts is a good one. If you haven't revisited Ice Melts since it came out, I no. encourage you to go listen no. to Ice Melts because that's a great one. And then uh, my man just put out an album on May 12th. MGK been yeah. listening to that Bloom a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited. And I mean, he just performed at halftime today for the Cavs game. Um, but yeah, MGK, I think it was his best album he's put out yet. So I was proud of my proud of my guy. All right, yeah, I'm I'm similar with you guys. A lot of the same tastes. Obviously, Kanye will is and always will be my favorite artist musically of all time. I just think he's a genius. Kanye West is the greatest artist of all time. We, we don't have to go into that. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, obviously, damn, great album. Just came out. It's definitely Kendrick's season right now. Uh, great rapper. Uh, you, you guys mentioned Chance the Rapper a bit. I think you know he's still a current rapper, I would say, even though he hasn't put out music in a while. He's still on, featured on songs, and every, I, I, in my opinion, every song that he touches, he makes it better, he enhances it, so Chance the Rapper is there for me. I also like J. Cole, hasn't put out music too recently, but again... And his last album was extremely average and un... The, uh, the last album and disappointing. was really disappointing. I still enjoy listening to his music. If we're going to say current rappers, I'm, I'm talking about rappers who are active, who still... Could, I mean, make, could, could drop could drop yeah. something any, at any day, which J Cole does, and I he could he could his, he could drop a, a disappointing album at any time. Yeah, it's true. No, I mean, Kodak Black is active. You know, there's lots of people that are active. Doesn't mean you have to no, listen to them. I mean, I'm a J, J Cole fan. A lot of people aren't, as we know, Shea Serrano isn't, and it seems like you guys. I don't just like talking about like J Cole. I was talking about Shea definitely had an influence for, on me about J Cole, but I certainly didn't. Yeah. love 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 J Cole before. I love his mixtapes. So doesn't matter. And well, Friday Night Lights is great, but I mean, the last album was just really. My fifth. Uh, now that it has to be current, I'm probably going to take this off. I originally had Snoop Dogg down there, but he's not. We would not consider him current. He um, is performing at Harvest. Yeah, yeah he, he, he performs. He does stuff every now and then, but he's not. You know, <laughs> he also just Snoop yells on Twitter. He's got yeah. great Twitter. And so great I guess I'll have to go. Um, it's tough. I mean, I do. Big Sean is warming up. I'm warming up to Big Sean again. I enjoyed him back in 2011. Finally famous. Then he kind of went into a little area of music that I didn't really appreciate. Didn't think he was doing the right thing. He's coming back now. He's making some bangers, which I appreciate him coming back and redeeming himself a bit. Otherwise, this was a great album. That you just put out. Yeah, yeah, it was probably his best one. And so it's probably Big Sean. If not him, then probably Mac Miller. I got uh, feel. Mac. Shout out Mac. Yeah. I, Mac had the most underrated album of last year. Uh, Divine Feminine was really, really good. I, huge Mac fan. I almost put him on here as well. And Joy Badass also got a, yeah. a shout out for me. I, I feel like Nicky really let down a little Yachty. Hey, no, I love. Hey, we don't have to just. <laughs> He's your number one fan. You know what I'm saying? You're, the guy, you're, you're, you're the guy that's been pushing him. So no, I do like him. Again, though, if, in terms of somebody who I want to be a favorite rapper currently, they need to have at least a full year under their belt for me to consider them. Uh, and ha- do, do they need to have talent as a rapper? Yeah, more than one song. You know, we know how you guys feel about you, Lil Yachty. <laughs> we know how I feel about Lil Yachty. All right, all right. He's performing in LA in September. You guys. I know you're, yeah, we know you're, yeah, you're gonna go and have fun. You're gonna wear like pink bubblegum hat, yeah, while you're at it. And I want to see you grow your hair and put one B in it. (laughs) Anyway, moving on to the next question here. Uh, this is a a tweeting from Hillman tweets on my good friend Ben Hillman. Uh, why, uh, what is the most BS sports stat? Why is it win for pitchers? And and, and you two guys read this and laugh, but I agree with Ben on this. It's the most overused stat, the most overlooked at thing. You know, it does not matter. A pitcher's performance and a team's win obviously are connected, but there's no stat that is more misconstrued in all sports. Uh, Nick and I play in a fantasy baseball league. We eliminated wins. We use quality starts. Much better mm. stat to look at. Um, and a quality start uh, is six innings, three runs or less. Uh, 
So, you know, if you can go and do that for your team, I think that's a fair thing to evaluate on. And it's just like, you know, obviously wins, you know, Kershaw goes out and wins 23 games this year. That says a lot about him. But you also had years where Felix Hernandez won like 11 games and his ERA yeah. was like 2.3. So what does that tell you about the yeah. Indians? I don't know if you guys have any other stats. Steals in basketball. Um, football. I was going to go football with mine and QB, QBR. QBR. Not quarterback rating. The ESPN QBR. That thing? That it's, 1 through 100 thing? Yeah, it's horrendous. Like, I mean, you got guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick are putting up like good QBRs and like... I bet you Marcus Russell would have been like an eighty plus QBR. It's just it's not a good stat. I don't. They get way too fancy with their with their statistics. The quarterback rating is is still pretty good. I would judge it by quarterback yeah. rating instead of QBR. And another ESPN one. I don't know if you're going to do this, Nick, but I'm going to steal it from you if you did. Uh, the BPI that ESPN has, the Basketball Power Index. Yeah. It's terrible. A lot of the. I mean, it's it's interesting. You I don't even know. Do you consider that a stat? Yeah. I don't even know. It's, yeah, it's, you can like like for me that would be like a win probability in games. That's yeah, the yeah, least exactly. stat because so many times it's been proven wrong. Then we get all these photos of like, oh my god, look at this point was ninety nine percent like in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like this shit keeps happening. Like, what do you yeah. like? I don't understand why you keep putting this up. Like, obviously we know they have a really good chance of winning, but teams can still come back because this is pro. Sports. All that tells you is like, wow, that was a good comeback. That's all. Yeah, that tells and you. I already know like, that. I watched it. I can. Yeah, I can exactly. see it was a good comeback. Did you have one, Nick? Yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, but I really can't think of any other anything other than wins for pitchers. As yeah, much as, as much like, as I love, uh, yeah. in the past, getting wins for relief pitchers who may have blown a save and their team wins in the bottom of the ninth inning and get they get a win for that. Yeah. Um, fantasy wise, great to get those wins, but in reality, that's the most lame win you can yeah, get. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, as as Sully said, we changed it up in our fantasy league, and I just think it's a dumb stat over. Uh, Ancient stat should not be even in the game anymore. No, exactly. And baseball is a game of tradition, too. There's a lot of weird things. I was talking about it with someone the other day, you know. Baseball coaches still wear uniforms. There's yeah. no reason that they wear uniforms. Yeah. No other sport does that. You know, imagine, uh, <laughs> I don't know, any basketball coach in, in a, like, a uniform. Or a like dry a, fit, a, a football, A football coach in yeah. pads. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it doesn't make sense, but that's just baseball. Um, and I think going on to the last question yeah, the last here, one, maybe the most important question, I, most controversial between us. Definitely the most important question, and it comes from Archie at it's Archie thirty. Uh, who would win a cautiously optimistic game of twenty one? And uh, I'm going to start us off here with the most obvious and correct answer, and that's me. Yeah. Um, no. Your boy's got the yumper for days. Um, <laughs> people think I can't guard in the post. Your boy is stocky. Dad bod central over here. I could bang in the post. There's been multiple times <laughs> I get I get switched off when we were playing in high school. I get switched off and I have to play defense on Nick, who was playing the three or the four, and I d him up. He tries to, he tries to post me up. I say you ain't getting anywhere, and he has to do the Lamarcus turnaround fade front rim. You know what I'm saying? That's me. <laughs> I play defense. I got the yumper. Your boy got the cross. Uh, I model yeah. my game after John. Are you Wall. done with this trash, bro? With my correctness, go on. What's up, Nick? You want to yeah, I mean, I'll respond to that. I mean. I don't even need to respond to our one-on-one matchups. You know, I always handle you in the post with my this post moves. false. No, I mean... We'll I, check the tapes. We'll, we'll, have, we'll tapes get a tape it. on this. We'll we have we can check the tapes. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I did take a severely long drought from playing basketball <laughs> recently. It was eight months. I'm disappointed. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I've been playing again recently. Still trying to get into it. It's been, it's been a while. I'm out of practice, but uh, I'm getting the hang of it. It's like riding a bike. You know, you can still play basketball. Um, in 21, you know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, rebounding, getting stuff near the basket. That was my forte um, back in the day. So I feel like I can handle myself in the post. And uh, if we're playing with tips, that's even better for me. I was uh, the garbage man in high school cleaning up those rebounds. 
You so, were you were a man of garbage. Yep. Yeah. You uh, were garbage. So I, I think uh, I'm obviously gonna say myself. What am I gonna say? <laughs> uh, Blazers and, and sticks or whatever Lillard said. No. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm gonna say that. Take yourself. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to for me. You know, uh, Jesse, you can compare yourself to John Wall. Nick, I'll even compare you to Draymond. You know, but when it comes down to it in this 21 game, I'm LeBron James. <laughs> I'm bigger than both of you guys. I'm bigger than both of you guys. None of you guys are stopping me on a drive. I can pull up and shoot me. over both of you. No. It, and it's it's it just comes down to, to me being uh, the best athlete of the group here. Uh, it comes down to me just being able to dominate this game. I'm going to knock down my free throws. I'm going to knock down a three to win the game if that's how you play. Um, if you want to play with tips, obviously I'm going to control the boards. Um, a perennial triple double anytime I step on the court. I just played in a Disney league, dropped 23 points the other night, comeback win for my team. Um, <laughs> not to brag or anything, but uh, I think I'm winning this. Uh, and, and we who, can we can settle this because I mean, know who you, you playing in Disney league. Who are you playing against Mickey Mouse or something? Well, I think, that was I, think a great the, job. I think the only way yeah, to that's Nick. It. You didn't help any of our cases. I'm, conti- yeah. I'm continuing. So it. Nick's out of this. Nick's out. Nick's going to start. No, no, when we no. play 21, Nick starts I, at minus one. I stand Nick by that. Nick literally just forfeited himself from this conversation. was like, I'm not the guy that's going to win this game. <laughs> by making that comparison alone. I stand by that joke. And I also stand by the idea that we should maybe... I don't know how our audience feels about it. You guys can tweet us if you like the idea, but a Facebook Live of the 21 game at some point. No problem. Anytime. Oh, that's that, the easiest call. Next, so that next there's Monday, proof maybe? of me smacking all y'all. Next Monday, Facebook yeah. Live. Uh, if we can get that going, we'll just take a recording either way, but you'll find out very soon that I will handily win this 21 game. That's just so false. Anyway, that's, that's going to wrap so it false. up. Wrap it up for the mailbag. Thanks for all the questions. There are a couple we didn't get to. We'll get to those next week, and as well as uh, the mailbag is always open, folks, so send us your questions anytime. We'll get to them on the show. Hashtag CO mailbag if you want to yeah. ask a question. Hashtag CO mailbag. Not Colorado, though. That was an issue we ran into earlier. That's true. On. Still go see old mailbag. We'll do it. I don't think anyone else is using that. Run. I don't run. True. I don't, I, I'm but it's a half-court game, dog. Down, bro. It's a half-court game. I don't need to run. Uh, we'll, we'll it's not this. a full-court we'll 21 this. game. We'll settle this next week. I can't wait. On my Bart's birthday. Say. We can do it on my birthday. Can't wait. We can do it on my birthday. <laughs> uh, Alright. And now it's time for the fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Swine, what's on the menu today? All right, so I've been seeing these commercials. The commercials are pretty good. Uh, Burger King has reintroduced the Mac and Cheetos. So for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a it's a Cheeto outside with mac and cheese on the inside. I think, that, you know, Doritos Locos Tacos came out for Taco Bell, and Burger King tried to catch a wave, and they said, we're going to partner up with Cheetos and try and make something special, you know? Um, and if you guys know me, you know I have a problem with Burger King. They're the most trash, uh, classic fast food restaurant in the game. That's just a fact. Trash um, and classic. They're like uh, when I say uh, classic yeah, fast yeah, food, yes. McDonald's, Taco yeah. Bell, oh, yes, Don yes, Taco, yes, one yes, of the yes. nationwide it's go-to like, chains. It's like we know Shake Shack is trash, but they're not. They're, they're not a classic got fast you, food. Got you. you know what I'm got you. Um, so, and then beyond that, fast food places really shouldn't do macaroni and cheese. You know, like even like a KFC. They have it on their menu. It's just not very good. Uh, like a Popeyes, there. These these fast food mac and cheese. It just doesn't. It's not something they should really do. Um, and so, with those two things in mind, I was very uh, hesitant to to go and, and do this. But you know, I'm a man of the people, and the people need to know mm-hmm. how is the mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. So I went, hit the Burger King, and um, it was better than I expected, which isn't saying much. <laughs> 
But my my thoughts of macaroni and cheese and fast food were, were confirmed. Um, it's not very good. Like, the Cheeto part is cool, but then you bite in and the macaroni and cheese was, like, dry. It didn't really have, like, it was a terrible texture. It was too, it wasn't, the, the cheese wasn't right. Like, it just wasn't, it just wasn't very good. And it was too dry. Um, I love the idea. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're in the right in the idea, but the execution just wasn't really there. You know? Um, so, Nick needs his stars, you know? He needs his stars. Nick needs a star. And I'll do. say, uh, idea, nine and a half. Which is probably the best rating I've ever given Burger King in any yeah. kind of form. Um, but, execution, not as good. So, overall, uh, we're going to give it like a six. Wow, mm-hmm. that's the lowest ever for a fast food flavor stars. That Nick needs the stars. He's got to have the stars. Two things initially off the bat with that. First, I didn't know they did this before. I guess I forgot. I believe they did. I mean, I'll take yeah. your word for it. You know, you're the drive-through guru. Uh, secondly, you know, is it like one noodle or is it like? No, you get like there's like a five piece. That's right, but like within the Cheeto crust, is it oh. like one big noodle or is it like little mushed up? Noodles? It's like mushed. Yeah, it's okay. mushed in there. So like a, almost like a macaroni and cheese ball. Yeah, kind concept. of. Yeah. But there's like you there's no you don't know where one noodle begins and one ends. Like if you have the mac and cheese balls at Slater's fifty yeah. fifty, those are great. Like you can see the macaroni yeah. and cheese noodle. It's clear. You can't really see the noodle, it's just like a mush of pasta. Yeah. It's probably not even real pasta and cheese. Yeah. And it's dry, it's just not executed very well. Yeah, that's not good. Well, that's tough to see. Disappointed with the result there. But again, thank you for taking us through a journey of fast food flavor. And with that, that will conclude this episode of Fast Food Flavor. Fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Let's uh, see. Yeah, whatever. You know soul first. Yeah, you, you go, first. go Sully first. Souls is hot though, right? Yeah, I'm hot take. Oh, should I go last then? Yeah, yeah I go, go first. first. You just. All right, it's that time of the show where uh, we got some super hot, interesting takes. We got some shout outs. It's that time. Um, all right, it's that time of the show. Before we get, before we get to that time of the show, uh, I just want to quickly say shout out to the ducks. I don't really care about the Ducks, though. Somebody else want to just... You know, like, they, they Shout lost. Shout out to the Ducks. Playoff run. Lost Nashville last night. That's going to conclude our What the Puck segment. We've had season. fun doing What the Puck with yeah. you guys. Hockey guys. We might have a Stanley Cup issue um, of, of What the Puck coming your way. We're just, we're just such, such big hockey guys that we're really just down about this yeah. loss. We don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it. So we're going to go into our super hot, interesting takes. And I believe... And that Nick, you got a shout out for us? I do have a shout out, and it's something that happened earlier in this recording. Something I feel a little bit bad about. I threw some shade at Mickey Mouse um, when I was talking about the basketball oh game, God. and you know that's my boss actually. That's both of our bosses. We both, we both work for Disney. I, I can't be talking bad about the boss, man. That's true. I apologize to Mickey. Um, hopefully, we can amend this torn relationship. Um, I'm sure you're a great basketball player. I just want to give you a quick shout out. I would love to uh, play one on one with you, and that's all I got to say, man. Sorry about that. My apologies. I was out of line. <laughs> you just said Mickey Mouse was a great one-on-one basketball yeah. player. This is just—it was All weird, right. and then it just took a weirder turn. It took a weirder turn. Let's cl- cut that off. All so right. you got a super hot, yeah. interesting take, I believe. I mean, yeah, that's a—I got a super hot, interesting take. It's a hot one too. And it's, it has to do with us, you know. We all I hope to be a, a big piece of sports media one day. I would mm-hmm. say, and and all of our, I listen, Jesse and I, Nick, I know you're a fan too. One of our favorite shows is Around the Horn. Absolutely. Um, and I love Around the Horn. I get to watch it every day. Usually, it's and it's on at a time at work when I I kind of have a little lull, so I usually catch it. And I've just noticed more and more recently that, despite it being, I think maybe the best show on ESPN. 
they just don't do baseball very well. And it's really a bother to me. Like, everyone on that show, everyone they bring on, besides, I'd say, Plashke, doesn't really get the baseball vibe sometimes. You know, and they just don't really go too into detail. A lot of things they say are very just kind of, like, surface-type statements that don't really, you know, anyone, if you know sports to a certain degree, can say what they say. Um, and so I just love to see them kind of, like, take it up a notch, you know? They... It, they even had a segment on the other day about how Mike Trout gets disrespected. He should be one of the best players in all of any sports. You know, he's the most dominant baseball player in the game right now. He's essentially LeBron James of the major leagues, and he's just not covered at all, you know. Obviously, he's an angel, and we don't have as much love for that team in Southern California, but you got to recognize greatness to a certain degree. And, and it just all, I don't see that as much around the horn. So I guess I'd like to see that a little more. Maybe that's not, you know, the basis of, of what their fans want on the show. Maybe I'm a unique fan in the sense that I love baseball, basketball, and football equally, as well as kind of a lot of the pop culture references they make on there. I feel like that is lost sometimes at baseball. You kind of have a different fan base there, but I don't know. I'd like to see a little more baseball around the horn, and I guess that's a hot take for me. I would say, it would, and, and I agree, it's a hot yeah. take. I would say it'll come more after the five to the playoffs in basketball. I, I just don't think in general they have people on that are extremely knowledgeable of baseball. You know, people that really follow the sport intensely. I get that. That's the main story. My only other one that I thought of when you were saying that was Kalashaw. I think Kalashaw's pretty good. He is pretty Even though today, you know, I was talking, or he was talking, and he does have some good facts sometimes, but there are other times, I guess, when, you know, I just like to see someone that really is a baseball-specific guy. They don't really have that besides Plashke. But even then, Plashke is just such a Dodgers guy. You know, they don't have people that cover the whole league. So sometimes they'll bring, you know, bring up players that are having a great year and no one is really in their market to cover them so they just kind of don't know what to say it happens all the time you know i don't know maybe that's my take on it but i think it'd be a fair thing for them to maybe try and include a little more baseball to a certain degree uh, that's a, that's a fair take i guess my only response to that is if you look around the league and the reporters i could be wrong but it seems like baseball reporters are more baseball specific than other reporters of other sports Certainly. so that may be an issue there that may be why you feel that way um yeah that makes I, sense for who they bring on the show yeah, I don't know, but uh, Around the Horn in general, I've always loved the show, and Jesse and I, we go way back watching Around yeah. the Horn, um, so I, I haven't really noticed that baseball issue too much recently, I guess I haven't been watching it much recently, but yeah. um, I, I enjoy the show, I, I hope they uh, rectify the issue and yeah. make I me mean, feel better as a viewer. You know, it's, like, it's people I like too, you know, like I love Bomani. But Monty's not a baseball guy. No. You know, he's not a baseball guy. He can look at the stats, he can tell you about certain issues within the game, but when it comes down to certain details, it's just not his forte. And, and that's not, you know, it's hard to cover every single basis like that, but they can find someone to do it. I see what you did there. Cover every base. I see that. You, you like that? I see what you did there. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up here this week for Cautiously Optimistic. Once again, we tried to squeeze in Josh Chamberlain, but we just did not have enough time this week. Um, as Josh know, he was banished from the question group, but, you know, we'll see. Hopefully that banishment will be lifted at some point and we'll get him on the show. Guys, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, just thanks again for episode 15 for sending us the questions. We appreciate that. Um, keep sending us those questions at CautiouslyPod. You know the handle. We've been having some great discussions in the uh, Twitter sphere this week. We hope to continue doing that, and we appreciate all the followers. We've, got, we've gained about 20 followers in the past week. We hope to keep that going as well. And we'll be back next week. Uh, Jesse, you got any last words? Hashtag seal mailbag. Keep the questions coming. We'll yeah. try and get as many in as we can every week, you know. Yeah. Um, we love talking to you. We love your questions. Uh, and we love... Uh, hearing your responses every week. So tweet us any thoughts you might have uh, at Cautiously Pod. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gang, follow, gang. Follow Cautiously Pod. Follow us on Facebook. Give us a like. And we'll see you all next week. All my friends are dead. <laughs>